Greetings and welcome to this week's episode of Marvellous Podcast, in which we'll be talking about episode 8 of What If, titled What If Ultron 1? Something that nobody had to Google. I am <laughs> delighted to be joined this week by... Laura. Hi, Laura. Hello. Excellent. I'm only joined by Laura this week because Matthew is on holiday. And what uh, we a killed week. No, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> I just... Couldn't you're not take supposed his to tell them. You just you're not supposed to put it on the pod. Honestly, this is this is how things go wrong. It's been one minute fifty seven seconds and chaos, chaos reigns. Matthew is on holiday, having a lovely time, eating well, enjoying the television. He's already sent us his thoughts. It's not like the homework was not handed in on time. Um. We ourselves are curious to find out whether we talk more or less without him. But uh, let's start with our singular reaction. Laura, how did you find this episode? I really enjoyed this one, which is really pleasant after last week. Oh, I'm week. so glad. I know. I know. I've been sat in the grumpy chair. Mm. And I think one of the reasons I liked it is because this feels like it's going somewhere. And much so I've enjoyed this kind of anthology approach because it's interesting to see different things. There have been so many of these episodes that I've wanted to know, and what next? You know, the zombies, and, um, oh, oh, uh, Pepper and Shuri teaming up together, and all of those kind of things. So I think here, because this is, for me, clearly going somewhere, I think that kind of race stakes made a difference. Um, and I am not as down on Age of Ultron as a lot of people, <laughs> like you. Uh, <laughs> but but it was really cool to see where it would have gone if uh, if he had won. And also, this episode just looked gorgeous. Some of the um, shots, I suppose we'd call them, just stunning. And that's not something I normally pay a lot of attention to. But there were a few here that were lovely. So I would give high tilled account. Well, high tilders, high tilders from me too. Um, I think that's that's a really nice point to kind of highlight. At- the start of the episode as well is this really made such wonderful use of the fact that it is a cartoon yeah like you just want to go smashing through the multiverse do it just do it mm. why not and i thought that this really took scale to another level and we've seen some kind of really interesting scaling of action and drama and feelings and zombies um as we've been going through but i really thought that this achieved a sense of of higher jeopardy which is not easy in something that's constantly about creating jeopardy out of nothing and getting people to punch each other. But this managed to have a a Marvel characters punching each other that felt genuinely sort of frightening. You know, it had such gravity. And we spent the whole time going, is the Watcher going to get involved? And now we have our answer. And how how did you feel? Because, I mean... There's a couple of different points at which there are surprises in this episode, mm-hmm. some of which I'm sure we'll come to later. But I think that this being the one where the Watcher gets involved, did that work for you? Oh, absolutely. And I think the reason that really meant something to us is the way that they built it up through the series, with it being very clear, no, he wasn't going to get involved. Um, and even when he wanted to, he, he felt he couldn't. And even when things got really bad, you know, the, uh, the Doctor Strange episode... Uh, and yeah. still didn't get involved. And also, I think then in this episode, the way that they built up Ultron with 
just immediately defeating Thanos, which we can talk about a bit more. <laughs> but yeah, he really, and then seeing everything he he did within his own universe. So then putting him up, it feels like, yeah, there is actually some jeopardy here for the Watcher, even though he is a Watcher. Yeah, and I, I think it's so nice to have after, you know, this is our fourth Marvel series that we've covered. Yes. And it's really nice to have an arc really pay, mm. I would say. In, in that sense I mean I think you know we can talk about the success we, we did talk about the successes of WandaVision and so on but I felt like this was one where we have sort of dampened down our expectations so much yes <laughs> well not not as, not as quite as much as we dampened them down with Falcon and the Winter Soldier <laughs> those, those were considerably lower down and then didn't pay off yeah yeah, it's interesting when you say about WandaVision, because I know um, some people were disappointed by the fact that towards the end that sort of felt like it just went, oh, it's Marvel being Marvel and throwing coloured light at each other and, and what have you, which I was cool with. But <laughs> you could say, in a way, you could say the same about this one and that there was there was lots of I'm going to fling coloured light at you and you're going to fling coloured light at me. But it was just gorgeous, absolutely mm. gorgeous. And and the colours and just the, the different ways they did it. And I love them smashing each other through the universes. Yeah. And then even when Ultron's on top of the Watcher and he's just punching him, and even that is taking mm. them through different universes. It's, it's taken, you know, we, like we've mentioned the violence of, of this series at various times and kind of the tone of this cartoon. And I thought this really kind of capitalised on what cartoon violence can do mm. and how it doesn't need to be kind of specifically grotesque I suppose, to be dramatic and about all the kind of effect that you can put. And I thought this was just such a great example of something that is really disturbing and violent and destructive and kind of universally destructive, but also just so compelling and interesting and doing so much. Um, but we should talk about Ultron. Mm. <sighs> Laura, could you remind me <laughs> about, because the main thing is, is not Paul Bettany. And there was an opportunity, there was a chance where we could have just had Paul Bettany, but no, we couldn't have Paul Bettany because this isn't Paul Bettany. This isn't Paul Bettany. This would be a big plot hole if it was Paul Bettany. Yeah, that that would be bad. We don't want plot holes, even if we do want Paul Bettany. Why would it be a plot hole, Abby? um, Because it's a different character. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because there's no Jarvis in him. That's it. That's the one. (laughs) No, because I had a similar thought of Oh, if you can't get Spader, then it's a shame you didn't use Bettany. But then I was like, oh, no, wait a second, that doesn't work. (laughs) Jarvis never got near. So explain to me what changed here. So, in Age of Ultron, do you remember there's a bit when they're in Seoul, I think it is, in South Korea? Yeah. Yeah. And they go to Helen, somebody's lab. Yeah. Yeah. You remember she fixed Hawkeye when he got hurt, and there's all these jokes about him now being plastic no okay but then hawkeye we'll we'll get to hawkeye but yeah no i don't remember okay so let's let's talk about without (laughs) hawkeye okay so when there's a random man flying a quinjet okay may or may not be hawkeye but let's just assume random man um and then there is a truck trailer being flown by murder bots no i mean i've seen this film like four times (laughs) and you know widows in widows in the trailer Okay. And there's a cradle, they call it the cradle, and the it's cradle. got a body in there, those a golem. Yes, okay, yes. I remember those words. Okay. And and for anyone who hasn't been listening to the podcast regularly, this is kind of how we have to <laughs> orientate me in Marvel, because I have a crushing inability to remember Avengers films, 
Hawkeye facts, Captain America some Black films. Widow, all Captain America. Um, <laughs> She's very I'm good on I'm Guardians. I'm right with. I'm pretty good on Guardians. Yeah. Iron Man, I'm, I'm kind of fine with. But um, but yeah, I have some real gaps and I felt them this week. This Gollum thing, okay. this, um body, um, is something that the Doctor Cho, I think it was, um, Helen Cho, was, was developing um, for good reasons. And then Ultron decides he wants to evolve. So he wants a body body, not just a metal body. Okay. So he wants to upload his consciousness to this golem in the cradle. Black Widow kind of steals it, but then gets caught and then damseled herself, which mm. we won't talk about now. Um, <laughs> and then Tony and um, Banner decide that they want to, well, Tony decides he wants to try and put Jarvis into the body. Mm. And so that's when we end up with uh, we end up with Ultron, not Ultron. Sorry, I'm not very good at this. This is when we end up with Vision. <laughs> yes, which is a mixture of the body, um, Jarvis, and the Mind Stone. Okay. Yeah. So right. that's what happened in Age of Ultron. Okay. What's happened here is just that the Avengers weren't successful in stealing the body, so he actually does upload himself. Oh. So basically. Widow and Hawkeye make a mess. Probably. Mm, I see. And the body is exactly what Ultron needs to be uber-realised and yep. super strong. So he's, yeah, exactly okay. the same body as we've got with Vision. So he's got the Mind Stone as well. So I suppose it's just you've got Ultron in there instead of Jarvis. Or in fact, oh, mo- actually, Vision may have a little bit of Ultron in him, thinking about it, because they got partway through uploading. Oh. So, Ooh. and I think, actually, in... Infinity War, when they're talking about removing his Mind Stone, I'm pretty mm. sure that um, Banner says that you're a bit of Jarvis, a bit of Ultron. Oh, interesting. I think. I feel like I should be able to remember that, but anyway. I don't. Um, <laughs> so, did he have the Mind Stone, Ultron? Because doesn't Thanos have all the stones? What, this Thanos? Well, the Thanos that we wait, saw. Wait a in this episode? or In, in... this episode. No, he's only got um, five in the gauntlet. He's coming for the Mind Stone from this uh, Ultron. That's because there are more stones than I thought. Yes. <laughs> okay. Interesting. So, yeah, it was interesting to see that. I was, before he talked, before he spoke, I was like, be spayed, be spayed. It would be amazing if he was spayed. Because that is one of the things that I think no one can argue with mm. in Age of Ultron. Spader does a fantastic voice. You're looking blankly at me. I can't remember. Oh, fine. Okay. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, so. It, it's it's a shame we didn't get him, but uh, I thought it was a reasonably good sort of impression or likeness. You know, there were bits yeah, that I, I recognised. Yeah. He, he sounded like a big robot. Yes. With some <laughs> strong feelings for a robot. He definitely has strong feelings. Yeah, I thought it. I thought it was a firm performance vocally. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, as you say, I I can't remember the Spader performance, so I cannot compare. But I'm sure it was very good. Um, <laughs> so we have we have fancy Ultron. The thing is, in the sort of synopsis for this yeah. um, on Disney Plus, it's like Black Widow and Hawkeye. And so I sat down with my breakfast and thought, oh, good. All right. And I thought, well, at least Laura likes Black Widow. So that's mm-hmm. something, you know, we'll have something to talk about. And I think that this is kind of our first 
fake out really from what if about what the episode actually is. I mean, I know it's called What If Ultron One, mm. but um, and maybe if you are super into those characters, then this episode does feel like it's centered around them. But um, there's a bit in the middle, and I've watched this episode twice, and I don't know what happens because it's got quite a bit of Hawkeye, and I just zoned out, and it happened twice. And the second time, I thought, well, this is interesting. <laughs> No, I mean, I was genuinely, I was eating my dinner and I was thinking, this, this is nice. I was, th- I was thinking about lettuce. And lettuce is more interesting than Hawkeye. This is when they're at the Kremlin? <laughs> no, I saw that bit and I have a complaint. Um, oh, this would be that. when they went to Siberia. Uh, this would when be they when they went to get Zola. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, that's, no. That's it's, in the Kremlin. Yeah. No, I saw that bit. That bit yeah. I remember, hence the complaint. The second bit, I think when they went to get Zola. Went to get Zola. Yeah. Oh, just and then they were doing the thing. Only it was Hawkeye and not her. And I just thought, well, look, no, you can't, you can't win me around that way. Anyway, let's let, let's the, the, address the thing, the thing these being characters the, the dropping. The, yeah, the, no, yeah. But but let's let's start back with them. Okay. In this, because you you like Black Widow and I have been alternately pleased and frustrated by her appearance in What mm-hmm. If thus far. How did you find her this week? I really liked this Black Widow. And and I, I liked the previous one in episode three, I think it was. I liked her, but I did feel that perhaps it wasn't, it felt slightly lacking that it wasn't, um, oh God, it's catching now from you. Uh, <laughs> oh, Scarlett Johansson. really famous actress woman, yes. Scarlett Johansson. So this was Lake Bell, and the same as episode three. And I thought she was good in episode three, which was where you had um, all of the Avengers being killed off. But there was something about that that I just felt, oh, if it had been Scarlett Johansson, I think we would have got a bit more of that kind of sparkle, a bit more of that mm. humour that comes with, with Widow. And there were some bits, like I remember you said about the whole, can you hold these with the handcuffs and that. So there were bits, but you know, there's normally a bit more. And I think that they really nailed it here. It was Lake Bell again, uh, and mm. you know, I think her voice works great with it. But I think the writing in this one, I think they got this really great combination that I think comes with Widow, which is this mixture of humour and stoicism. You might not remember because it was Hawkeye, but Hawkeye, you know, Hawkeye was saying to her, "Don't try and make this fun." Mm. And and I think she's very much. We've seen her through a few of the films. There'd be moments where there've been comments, and she'll say something like, oh, "I'm Russian," <laughs> and it's, it's just this kind of this stuff really doesn't touch me that much because of mm. all of the horrors I've seen. So I am going to make light of it. Yeah. Um. We've got a note from Matthew here on this uh-huh. topic. We've got a few notes from Matthew. You know, I mean, they will. I will put them in because he did the homework. Um, Lake Bell was excellent again, as was the writing from Natasha. This felt like the Ultron era. And I think that's that's nice too. Again, we sort of talked about when these episodes are occurring in their respective universes, are they firmly situated at that time? And sometimes they are and sometimes they aren't. Sometimes we're like, well, how much growth is missing? Yeah. But I think this is a good point is this is the Natasha we know. Mm. And I think he's absolutely right with that point that this is the Natasha of that period. Because then actually as you go further in the film, so you know, by the time we get to Endgame, she isn't quite as jokey as she was because she has become more vulnerable mm. and letting things affect her more. So, so yeah, I think that's a really... Well done, Matthew. Good spot. <laughs> Matthew is right. I can say this when he's not here. <laughs> I think she's quite right throughout a lot of this um didn't appreciate the end game reversal for clinton natasha especially his heroic death sequence says matthew and i mean i couldn't agree more i just oh, 
you can see what they were trying to do, but I'm like, this isn't a real mirror of it because she sacrificed herself in order to save the universe. He sacrificed himself because he just can't go on any longer, which is no judgment on him for doing that, but it's not the same thing. Mm. And I just don't think, I don't think that's a, a, highlight or a bright spot that really the MCU should be focusing on (laughs) what what happened in Vormir but I have to say that scene was absolutely gorgeous the shot when he's falling towards all of the bots coming up towards him Mm. absolutely stunning beautiful storyboarding in some of this yeah and I just I don't normally see that stuff it's very (laughs) much over my head so yeah very good yeah I agree that was quite something and I was sort of following Widow and Hawkeye through the early part of this episode and kind of, well, we're going, we're going and we're looking through the folders and we're doing the research. And, and I found it so interesting seeing the watcher there being like, come on, you know, humans, your hopefulness, your goodness. And I'm just like, and you've given us these two. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's, it's really not that I dislike Black Widow specifically, but I think that it's, it's coloured by my complete disinterest in, in some of the Ultron stuff so it it clearly does feel like Ultron for the mission Mm. it's well also I think they're the only ones left aren't they but if you had if you had to pick I think for that mission those are the two that make sense I mean sending Thor in to look through files (laughs) or the Hulk is not going to go well well, I mean, Bruce would be good. Bruce has got Bruce, 6,000 yeah. PhDs. Yes, he has. He's great at sources. <laughs> he has, but he's also dead at this stage, I think. Okay. Oh, well, that would be bad. Because this is um, after after the nuclear strike, isn't it? Oh, apparently so, and yes. I think every, all the yes. other Avengers were killed in Avenger Tower before the nuclear strike, I think. Yes, this is also true. And see, dark. again, just because of, of the scale of this, I'm finding it fascinating which bits I retain and which mm. bits I don't. And Avengery bits did not really stick. But what did stick was when they were going through the folders. And I am sorry, but that is not how you use the Cyrillic alphabet. Good Lord. What a mess. In what way? Could you not get a Russian person? Or just... So when when they're looking for... What is the name of Toby Jones' character? Uh, Arnim Zola. Cool. You do not spell that in English letters, but just put a ya in the middle of it. Because that's... Like, why would you do that? Yeah. Like, this is this is a global TV show. We've talked about this. Disney, why would you do that? That's embarrassing. You make yourselves look foolish. But, I mean, the thing is, they needed us to understand what the file was because then we un- we see the shot of it before, Hawk- before Hawkeye gives up. Why Why not let the Russian-speaking world get the jump? They do I explain know, it I know. really clearly a I lot. Know. And also, it doesn't look that diff- like it's not. They're not radically yeah. different letters by and large. Did you see there was some people picked up that they thought one of the other files said Charles Xavier? Well, that's not what it says in Cyrillic. No, it's not exactly. But there was a lot of talk about that, and then actually some people translated it, and that is properly in Cyrillic. And then when you do translate it, it says Cynthia Haley, who's a production designer. So what if? But Indeed. a lot of people got the nick seriously in a twist that there was a file there as an Easter egg for. Charles Xavier. That that would be a very poor Easter egg because a C is just not. No. There's a whole separate letter for ch, and it doesn't use it. (laughs) No, I've seen my name in Cyrillic because I went and um, did I did some speaking. 
Lovely. In English, not in Russian. Marvellous. <laughs> and so I had my little name thing. And yeah. I mean, it meant literally, I could, you know, look at it and it's like, well, it's about the same length as my name, but I couldn't. <laughs> I, I have um I did most of Russian GCSE and the ah. only thing I really took from it was Cyrillic and even now I write all my handwritten notes in Cyrillic because I realized that well I thought I realized that nobody would be able to read them but then every time I went to work somewhere I inevitably worked with a Russian person <laughs> it was just really embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> oh that's really cool <laughs> it's kind of not though <laughs> But I do still I do still do that with all like my uni notes and everything. So Oh wow. So anyway, I, I, I know the letters, I don't I don't speak the language, but I did <laughs> I did catch enough of that to be angry at breakfast time and then again at dinner. So there we go. Um just but also as I say, like often these days we kind of praise Marvel for their global approach to things and not being afraid to have subtitles and not being afraid to embrace mm. wider use of languages. So I think when you've got a perfectly good one, you want to bet it in. Just don't do that. It's just I know, I know, but also don't. But I think it was weird having all of the other, the other files were mm. in Cyrillic, and then just have Zola's not really. Just embarrassing and weird. And I mean, yeah. it's, well, it's a definite decision too, isn't it? It's not like it was an accident. They've gone. Let's make it look a bit Russianish, and I, yeah. I just I think that's kind of offensive. Honestly, it's a language millions and millions of people speak. It's an alphabet even more people use. Like that's embarrassing. Anyway. Anyone, anyone who is a native speaker of a Cyrillic uh, language, please let us know what you think. Yeah, and then let us know how the rest of it worked out mm. for you, should you feel so inclined. Um, anyway, so that was fun. So Toby Jones' character saved himself into a computer in an analogue way. It was analogue, Laura. Yeah, now I know they kept saying analogue and I kept looking at it going, I don't think that word means what you think it means. It was similar. That that whole bit just needed a copywriter, possibly over the age of twenty five, to go over it. Did now, now I'm thinking. Do you remember us seeing him in a computer before? Because that was a Captain America film. <sighs> I mean, I assumed that it had happened. Yeah. So we're uh, Winter Soldier. We okay. see him uploaded to a computer. So that's how Nat knows about this. Right. Okay. That makes sense. That's good. And it was fun seeing him come back is you know a good character to bring back i like toby jones one of the things zola says just as they're uploading him to the arrow not the first genocidal megalomaniac i've had to contend with talking about ultron and yeah, mm. yeah he normally sides with them though <laughs> do we not think that he's going to be uploaded to ultron he's not going to have a computer to go back into because they've burnt his computer mm. so surely he's going to either side with ultron or try to take over ultron's body and then we've got Zola in Ultron's body. Which feels like it would be easier to contend with. Well, if he's so strong that he can take over Ultron, if he can beat Ultron, surely that is all more of a problem. I'm going to be honest and say this is probably the bit of the episode that I kept zoning out during, isn't it? Okay. Because I feel like I should have some thoughts on that, and I don't. And I can only <laughs> assume that I was fixated on lettuce. <laughs> what type, and, and what type of lettuce hardest. was it? <laughs> It was like a, a multi-variety pack of lettuce that was reduced in Waitrose this morning. It's, um, ah. It was real tasty. Italian, I believe. Very nice. Um, I, I can tell you all about that. Still can't remember why Hawkeye's only got one arm, but... No, they didn't explain that. Okay. Oh, I missed it if they explained it. Okay. Um, or how he's got a Harry Potter invisibility cloak. Oh, see, my wife asked about that, and I thought that he'd always had it, but again, that just goes to show what I know. 
I don't <laughs> remember it. But then again, maybe he has been in the background of loads of shots we don't know. But he's had his invisibility cloak on. Oh, you know what? If Hawkeye always had his invisibility cloak on, I'd be fine with that. <laughs> oh, God, how are we going to do the show? It's going to be brilliant. You know I'm he's going to be in it, it quite a bit. Yeah, you're not going to remember any of the bloody episodes. <laughs> there might be someone else in it that I remember. Because we're about to get to, to, I think, we're about to get to the section of this episode that I remember. Oh, good. There's Let's do that. that. I remember quite well. Let's do that, shall we? So, I mean, at some point, all this is done away with and we yes. can just put Widow and Hawkeye back in their box and say, you know, uh-huh. thank you for coming. The distraction was worth it. Now let's have a proper show. Okay. Um, and so we've got mighty Ultron and he gets rid of Thanos. Um, just like chops him straight in half. Just zzz, zzz, laser. Very Which cool. I'm fine with. Are you fine Matthew, with? Matthew says, is it so easy to kill Thanos with five stones? At least he was killed in a perfectly balanced way, as all things <laughs> should be. Which uh, is a fine comment. He asks... Is it that the Jarvis AI wouldn't kill so flippantly, whereas Ultron will, referencing the conversation between Vision and Ultron at the end of Avengers 2? Uh, Which mean... you can remind me of, <laughs> if you like. <laughs> at the end of the Age of Ultron, there's a conversation between Vision and Ultron. And Vision makes various points, such as a thing isn't beautiful just because it lasts, talking about ah. human race, etc. And that's when he does the Ultron says... Uh, Sorry, listeners, this is just going to be good to be half remembering <laughs> Age of Ultron to Abby for the next half an hour. So, you know, talk amongst half yourselves. Um, so, and, and then there's that great line with Ultron saying, um, you're um, impossibly naive and Vision comes back with why I was born yesterday. You remember mm. that? Yes. yes. See, I yeah. can hear Paul Bettany saying it when, yeah. when you say it. So that's well, nice. That's so, a fantastic Paul Bettany impression. <laughs> it's marvellous. So basically, Vision is too philosophical to slice Thanos in half, is what we're saying. That's what Matthew's saying. That's what Matthew's saying. I what what are you saying? I am thinking that if you are stabbed by Corvus Glaive, as Vision was, <laughs> that's what you look from you. <laughs> so Corvus Glaive is the kind of Weasley looking member of the Black Order. So you know you've got Proxima Midnight and Ebony Moore, uh... Thanos' minions. Oh, yeah, that really scary one whose face is quite flat. So this is the the Weasley one that's in Edinburgh with uh, Proxima Midnight. Yeah, remember he stabs Vision through the back and through his heart. That's worrying, and that stops him phasing. Right, and so potentially it also stops some of his other powers. That's my take on it. Oh, that's interesting. I don't think he uses that beam from the Mind Stone at all in after he's been stabbed. Has he been stabbed by this point? Well, he's not been yes, stabbed. No. Oh, well, he doesn't exist here, does he, Vision? But, like, by the time that he meets Thanos. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So, yeah, because he's stabbed quite early in Infinity War. Mm. Okay. And so, yeah, he only So, comes... too soon. So, basically, if they got him there quicker and he'd had time to do the philosophy first. I guess so. Um, mm. But that's, yeah, that's my take on it is because mm. he was stabbed like that. He wasn't able to do what um, Ultron does. But it's also interesting to think, yeah. The thing is, though, given the lives at risk with Thanos, I think his philosophy would have allowed him to cut him in half if he could have. You know? Yeah. And and I think... You asked what I thought. And um, I think that it was a nice touch to 
include Thanos and have him be the benchmark. And I sort of enjoyed the way that Thanos has cropped up throughout this in the various multiverses. Um, and I think that it's largely honoured the gravitas of Thanos as mm. the big bad of the MCU to date. And I, I think there's something quite pleasing about seeing that weight really used as a tool to, mm. to go through these episodes and illustrate other things. So I think that the ease with which he is sliced yeah. and, and dispatched is completely appropriate, but it, but it also then really sets you up for this kind of cascade of Ultron soaring through the universes and well it's not universes it's, at this stage it's just this universe and it's the different worlds and then we get the scene where he goes and yep, ruins and he goes through later yeah all the yeah. different worlds i think i think very much having thanos here and so easily dispatched sort of thanos does for ultron what the hulk did for thanos at the beginning of infinity war you know Ooh. there's the whole we've got a hulk from loki i think it is who is then quite quickly dispatched by Thanos and that tells us how powerful Thanos is so I think it's a similar uh, thing here isn't it with with them showing us a shorthand for how powerful Ultron is that makes sense and I think also that that quickness as well is sort of instrumental it's not a fight it's just exactly done. yeah and I think that that, that cleanliness is chilling and yeah. unusual you know you usually get a lot more a lot more of an opportunity for people to bash each other. And I'm glad we didn't get that because I think that would have taken away from where we're going. Mm. So you, you get uh, Ultron working his way through all the worlds, um, including some that are in Guardians. So I knew which ones yes. they were. <laughs> so that was good. I, f I felt very you know, accommodated. Um, what we didn't mention was the um, appearance of Captain Marvel, mm. which I had almost forgotten. But uh, just as we were going through the world, I remembered suddenly, what if Captain Marvel? And it, it made me think of um, when we talked about uh, the zombies episode and you were saying, but, you know, there's still Captain Marvel. And I, I felt like in this one, like they, they'd almost felt you. <laughs> it was almost like a speech bubble, you know, thought bubble floating off. Oh, but there's still Captain Marvel. And then they're like, that's right. Here she is. Uh. <laughs> yeah. But what, what that, did you think of that? Uh, so, again, I think they needed to answer the fact that in this universe there is Captain Marvel and deal with her and I do think I do like the fact that it took quite a bit to deal with her it mm. wasn't as simple as a Thanos uh, slicing um, but I still think we can see Captain Marvel in the next episode because there will still she's not a Nexus creature is she so no. there will still be other Captain Marvels out there there will and she was definitely a not quite a match, but a, a fair fight. Yeah, the closest that we've got other than the Watcher. Mm, and I thought that was it was it was good to see her, and I really enjoyed seeing her sort of trying to work the problem with her mm. fighting. Um, I loved her yeah. her Terminator diss as well. <laughs> I mean, does she not like Terminator Two? I thought everyone Maybe liked not. Terminator Two. I mean, I thought so, but you know, she's a, she's a complicated character. <laughs> She's always going to surprise us. And then I think probably my second favourite part of the episode was just that kind of Watcher's voiceover where he was talking about kind of having achieved his aim. Ultron had this kind of higher level of, of being and was just sort of empty and purposeless and 
Oh, just I thought that was wonderful. It was so existential and weird and interesting. And you're thinking there's still quite a lot of this episode left. And the Watcher is, is sort of grandstanding and narrating. And I think what we didn't do at the beginning was talk about the Watcher at the beginning. So as we're talking about narration, mm. let's just go back to the beginning when the Watcher says that this story breaks his heart. Yeah. And I thought that was an interesting way to lead into this because you think it might be something to do with Natasha and Hawkeye well, or some kind of love story, but it's not. Yeah, I, I'd taken that that that, that comment went up until Ultron sees him. Mm. I don't think he's sort of then referring to what happens later with it. I think it's more what Ultron does to the to this universe. That's interesting because I, w- I was wondering... When he did the voiceover, did did he record it during, before, or after the episode? <laughs> because this is this is the point at which the Watcher is kind of doing his sort of grandstand, and you, yeah, it feels like he expects to close the episode in a sense. Yeah, because also because I know we've had discussions before about so he knows what's happening and happened, but does he know what is to come? And here he says he does know what, normally what's to come. And yet this clearly was not what he was expecting. He says he's seen everything yeah. that's yet to come. And yet. Yeah. And yet. And it's it's interesting because Ultron can hear the grandstanding. And I mean, I thought he could at least use his inside voice. But no, <laughs> apparently not. Well, just think it quietly to yourself. And was so busy grandstanding that he didn't notice when Ultron starts saying, who's that? Yeah. I, and that's uh, that was a lovely kind of... I mean, it's not the fourth wall, is it? Maybe it's, I don't know, the, the three and a half wall. Yeah. Something. It, <laughs> the wall between these characters that was so well established that even though Doctor Strange went through it, mm. it was it still managed to carry the sort of sense of gravity mm. when um, when Ultron did as well. And I think that, that it well showed how unusual that is. And then how quickly he kind of escalated through. There's something else. There's someone else. Let me see. I can see you. I can peek through. Oh, wow. There are more universes. Let's get to work. And I love it as he kept saying, it's my purpose. Mm. And, you know, this idea that, you know, if you have got a machine or an AI in this case, that is told this is your purpose it's mm. gonna keep going because there's lots of stories aren't there like sci-fi stories yeah i can now not think of a single one off the top of my head <laughs> but there are lots of sci-fi stories aren't there where it's not the, the evil is actually it's an ai that is just doing what it's been told to do and mm. as a byproduct of that it's killing the human race or something well it's it's it depends i suppose how well it's been programmed and if it has a sense of balance and morality yeah, and kind just, of the, the just... if then consequences and yeah his entire mission is apparently to um to remove the chaos, which is just make it stop, make it all stop. He likes his alone time. Apparently so, although then he was purposeless, which was pointless. Yeah. And he didn't seem to be able to power down either. No, which... no. So thank God he found some other universes to <laughs> ruin. I guess. With the the expression in the watcher's face, given that we can't see his eyes... Mm. I think it's really well done. And obviously there's a big help from Jeffrey Wright's voice acting, which I think is fantastic on this. Really, really good. And I am very curious to see whether he crosses over into live action. Ooh. I hadn't thought about that. Because he is sort of the main character now of this series. Yes. 
given as far as we're aware we're moving towards the multiverse side of things in the films i would be curious to see if we actually see jeffrey wright i mean i don't think we're going to see anybody else i think it would be a real <laughs> error to put anyone else in I that role. So. and we have seen some watches in uh a audience too yeah yep a, um, one of them is Stanley. Stanley. Yeah, Stanley cameo, but um, they were quite different. They were. Um, I think that his kind of confusion, um, the way that his narration has been so sort of steady and and grand and in control of everything. I thought that his loss of control was. I mean, it really had an impact. It it felt quite disturbing seeing him be so vulnerable and realise that he he can't keep out of this and he can't yeah. just watch. Um, and I felt that it did quite a good job in showing the sort of the perversity of his having stood back and watched. Mm -hmm. And as he is then eventually in this great fight kind of punched through all the universes and dimensions, I felt that it really did make his character that, that sense of embarrassment I don't. I don't know when I've seen that kind of conveyed quite so succinctly in at least the MCU. Mm -hmm. Just that kind of, yeah, maybe, maybe my entire character is not ideal. Well, I really like the Ultron line uh, when he's beating the uh, Watcher into different universes. Isn't this more fun than watching? And to be honest, a lot less creepy on your part. <laughs> It is true, and he's very judgmental. Oh, he, yeah, he is. Yeah, and it's not like he's just watching, he is also commentating. Yeah. You know, and uh, and this is where we are, where everything has sort of started to break down and, and everything is, you know, being wildly threatened. And at the end of it all, the Watcher only has one option, and that is to go back to episode four. Yes. How did you feel about this? I was delighted that they <laughs> kept his credit at the end. Yeah. Because yep, absolutely. it's not usual for them to do that. No, I, mean, I've not, I don't think they've done it in this series before. No, but I don't, have they, they've not necessarily had anyone who would be a reveal in the same way that he was. No, that's true. Um, and Matthew says the same, well done, I'm keeping the Doctor Strange voice credit until the end. And and I think you you would know, you would... Yeah. It's so rare that nowadays that you actually do get credits held back that um, I was very pleased that they did it. Yeah. And it was really nice to kind of have that finishing with Benedict Cumberbatch. And, of course, wonderful as ever. I think, though, my favourite bit of, of the reveal was just that little tentacle waving and then the collar in the shadow in the background when, when the Watcher arrives. You see it in the back corners, these, the kind of the tentacles of the multi-monstrous... Oh yes, Strange. yes, yes. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. I, I, I really like that they had pulled that kind of sinister yes. and reminded through. us that this mm. isn't this it's isn't this standard one. strange. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the dark one. Dark yeah. Sinister strange. strange. Yeah. And um and with it with it in mind that this is the wrong time in the universe that we were in for uh Doctor Strange. Uh, Matthew made the point firmly in the group chat that this implies the existence of the requisite number of tildes, which is one, because of course <laughs> Thanos has the time stone, yeah. and thereby it must, it seems, have been an ancient one for mm -hmm. him to have removed that from. 
So that's something, even if we didn't see her. It's always nice to know that Tulda was around. And in Matthew's absence, the least we can do is to acknowledge that, I think. <laughs> you know, the requisite number of Tuldas was met, but not on screen. So maybe that's something to work on for part two. And so I, I particularly liked that Doctor Strange wanted him to say the words. Yeah, because he would, wouldn't he? <laughs> he would. Yeah, he spent all would. that time. He's had all that time to be bitter, just waiting. Yeah. Because I suppose if you wait for infinity, infinity things have to happen, right? Is that? I, mm, that's a family philosophy question. Yeah, <laughs> that's the kind of thing we have seminars for. Um, yeah, infinity things have to happen. At some point, the Watcher was going to realise his mistake. And I think if you've been waiting as long as Stephen has presumably been waiting, then, uh, yeah, you want to hear the words. And I thought he delivered them very nicely. And I like that they didn't really argue about this. He was just like, yeah, no, you were right. I was wrong. Oh, no, what should we do? Um, <laughs> help. Yeah. So, as Matthew says, it sets up part two very well. But Matthew's not entirely sure what we're going to get next week. Laura, what do you think we're going to get next week? I am assuming we are going to get a little bit from each one. Oh, you think they're all involved? Yeah, I think they all, all are. The way that they've built this then with the way that they've developed the Watcher's arc, I think we're going to get Captain Carter, T'Challa Star-Lord, obviously Evil Strange, um, maybe Zombie Thanos, but I was thinking maybe Zombie Wanda would be better. Mm. Um, Killmonger Black Panther is a bit pathetic compared to Zombie Thanos, but same as Captain Carter. Um, probably Party Thor, although I just don't know <laughs> how the hell is that cause that's going to fit in. But well, but but isn't that where we begin? Because isn't that this Ultron that arrives at the end of the Thor episode? Yes, it is. But then, how does that tie in? Because that's a shock to the Watcher that he arrives. Then, but that's isn't that the point? Because that's the Watcher narrating the Thor episode. Yes. So he's surprised by that. Yeah. He's also surprised in this one when Ultron can hear him. So what's the timeline? Well, it might be that he's not expecting Ultron. I mean, this is when when does the Watcher record his yeah. voiceovers? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm a bit lost. But on that, he, I think. He, so he said at the end of the Thor one, ends happily ever after. But what's this? Mm. Something like that. And I suppose it could be. I'm trying. I'm trying to make it work. Maybe we'll find out. I think we probably will. Well, or I, I maybe, don't know. Maybe they just oh, wait, don't ever tie up. Maybe the end of this episode is him sitting down, saying, "Let me show you how we got here," mm. and then he records all the episodes. So maybe, maybe this is all after the fact. Uh, I've got images of him with his little. This would make sense. On, on audacity. Right? I think that's exactly what it's going to be. I think he's going to be sat down, he's got his microphone, he's got his laptop, he's got five drinks, and <laughs> and he's all ready, and he's going to kind of get the highlights real, and then he's going to record his little bits. I, I think that's that's got to be it. Well, then, what if assembled is just going to be shots of him doing his little voiceover bits, yeah? <gasps> wouldn't, that be, wouldn't that be brilliant? <laughs> I'd love it if the what? what if was I, just animated. The what I was, if gonna, I was, was just going to say... <laughs> <laughs> that that would be a treat, wouldn't it? Just like Doctor Strange kind of coming in and arranging his collar and sitting down, cracking his knuckles. Yeah, my lines. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're not going to see it when we do our series wrap up because it's not coming out oh. on the twenty seventh. Oh, it takes a long time to animate all that. Yeah, it? well, maybe that's why. No, it's maybe that's why. It's because the Black Widow one is coming out next week. 
Oh, we're going to have so much to talk about, aren't we? <laughs> what a joy. I do have a question. Where are the other watchers? Because Uatu is only meant to be watching us and I guess some other ones by the looks of it. But he is the watcher assigned to our universe. Therefore, there are other watchers. I mean, I wonder if this is like his starter pack. And now we're going to get into the watcher expansion. Uh, or maybe series two is a different watcher. But if you've got a threat like Ultron coming for the multiverse, you think the other watchers would, you know, drop by. Maybe it's like Captain Marvel and they've got stuff to do in their other multi- multiverse. There has to be like a hierarchy <laughs> escalation that when there's a, a problem that you take it up to. Yeah, but then who watches the watchers? The senior watchers. And who watches them? Look, it's like with a coach or a therapist. You then have your own coach or therapist to deal with, and it just kind of goes on for infinity. So what you're saying is it's turtles all the way down? Yeah. Okay. It seems fair. Okay, well, I look forward to series seven, watchers who watch the watchers watching the thing that they watch on the watching time. <laughs> it's all going to be fine. I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about them bringing it all together, but I think I've stopped having expectations. Um, I'm just delighted we're going to get more of this Doctor Strange because it yeah. turns out I could listen to Benedict Cumberbatch a lot and it's great, yay. I was really interested in that version of him. I'm particularly interested in the idea that he might have had some character development as he sits alone in his lovely shiny crystal forever yeah. and ever. I think that's quite I, I quite I felt like that was there even in those sort of few moments. There was a real sense of time having passed mm. and that was fun and, you know, he's got his own regret and misery but still wry and bitter with it why not um just lovely really really lovely so yeah i'm, I'm mostly just pleased about that it doesn't Good. seem like there'll be too much hawkeye to put up with next week but now i've said probably it not. probably just not. hoping um yeah i just you know watched that and went oh that's really good it did some really good plot yeah like a lot what what if Lots of plot and lots of <laughs> engaging things to think about and some good existential stuff. And I think, yeah, we spend a lot of time in um, kind of these extreme villain things thinking, but what do you want? What are you going to do if you get it? And I like that this kind of hedged around that and just like, what do you want? Well, I, I want what I'm programmed to do. Mm. And I like that it did kind of handle the idea of um, a robot sense of purpose and, and the vague meaninglessness of it without that. And have it, having that kind of pause and then reboot, I really thought he was frightening. I really thought this kind of need to destroy everything to create total serenity was really terrifying and, and makes for a great villain because I think, you know, too often with sort of the humans and so on, what they want just doesn't make any sense. And I used to think that was impossible, but then I think we saw more real life villains who also just didn't make any sense, but yep. that's not. But it's also what I liked about Thanos is he did just genuinely want to sit and watch the sun set and have a nice time yeah. <laughs> at the end of it all. Yeah, and I actually think this episode made that point with Ultron much better than the film did, that mm. this he is just carrying out as he sees it as purpose. Um, Interesting. Which... With hindsight, yes, they did have that in the film, but I don't think because here we went through various stages of, you know, this world, this universe, and I still want to keep going and destroy other 
universes. I think that mm. really sort of hammered at home that this is just him continuing his programming. So I suppose my my last question really for this week is how many more times do you think we'll have to see Avengers die next week? <laughs> well, if this... Uh, it can go two ways because we're. I am assuming next episode is a continuation of this one. Mm. Uh, then, on the one hand, they've all died by now, other than um, Widow. And I assume we're going to see Widow again because of the murder bot that's got Zola mm. uh, uploaded to it. But everyone else is dead. So on the one hand, maybe not not see any of them again. Like the the key ones anyway. But then we're talking multiverse, so we could see them all again and die again. <laughs> and we should... could just smash our way through yeah, multiverse multiple, after verse. Multiple versions of yeah. them. <laughs> um, I mean, they're probably going to make Tony die again, because as they did in this one. And it now has become... Yeah, people talking about it as he's now the, the Kenny of... <laughs> the mcu i haven't seen that haven't you no there's quite a few good names <laughs> that is quite funny um ac bradley the head writer for this has, has picked mm. up on it as well excellent good good yeah <laughs> yeah i'm i'm curious i after this being such a good episode i really hope they do wrap it up next week which i think they will mm. I'm, I'm feeling positive definitely more positive than i was yes uh, last <laughs> week so we'll see and I yeah. think we have actually answered our question, what happens when Matthew isn't here? <laughs> what, what did we answer it with, apart from 55 minutes? Of... 50, 50 my, 55 minutes, that's what we answered Are we not it. usually on 55 minutes? Usually uh, I think the last For one, short the, last one show? the whole of last one was 55 minutes, I think. Oh, my massive and, um, apologies. Normally, normally we're more at the, for this one's more, say, 35 to 45 minutes. Oh, but hey! Well, let me wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, is there anything else hmm. you want to talk about? I'm, I'm done. I think I'm pretty done. Um, but yeah, I think we uh, we all had a, a better time than we might have. And mm-hmm. it is to the finale we look with um, a sort of cautious sense of hopefulness from me. And if you would like to, um, what would you like to do? I don't know. If you'd like to do something, Matthew always says this bit, without Matthew and with me hosting, I mean, it could be in for chaos. Basically, if you want to give some money to Eloquent Gushing, <laughs> what hosts this podcast and other great ones, um, including Matthew and Mandy's Fight Club. That's good. You should listen to that. Anyway, if you want to give money to that and get that and other like episodes and things, and this is why Matthew does it, you can go to patreon.com forward slash eloquent gushing. That's a guess as to what the URL might be. That's what it would be if I was in charge of Patreon. Anyway. Um, and you can sign up and they send you things. I, I, I pay. I mean, I'm on this and I give them money. And But also, they sent me really cool stuff in the post, so you should do that. It is cool stuff. Anyway, Eloquent Gushing on Twitter also, and possibly Instagram. I think Instagram. That's good. Follow. Tell us things. Come and interact. Did you enjoy this? Are you looking forward to next week? We would love to know. Laura, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at Laura Geeks Out. Marvellous. And I'm on Twitter at this AE Shaw. We'll be back next week, hopefully with Matthew and a little bit more clarity and a three-way conversation. We hope you've enjoyed. This time I had like five lines set up ready to go out on. Can I remember any of them? I cannot. 